Lord Jesus, in this house this morning, we do exalt you. We lift you on high. For you are worthy of our praise. Worthy, worthy, worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Now I want to go back. I want to go back to the beginning of that. And I want you to, you're in an attitude of worship, but I want you to sing a little bit louder. Can you do that? And let's just, let's enter into worship because it's all about Jesus and glorifying Him. Let's go back and sing this. Hallelujah.
thank you, Lord Jesus. We lift our hands to our King today, King Jesus, worthy of all honor and glory, all majesty, name above every name, Jesus, the first, the last, the same, for all eternity, we will bow our knee to you. Our Savior, our King. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you, Lord. We stand before you, the redeemed ones. Redeemed by your precious blood. Your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which you prepared in advance for us to do. Oh, we thank you. We are the righteousness of God in Christ because of your precious blood, Jesus. Our sins are forgiven. Our past is over. All we have is a glorious future with you, Lord. We're so grateful today, Lord God, that you've forgiven us and cleansed us by the precious, precious blood of your Son, Jesus. So, Father, we consecrate and dedicate our lives to you now in this new season, in this hour. Oh, Father, show forth and display your power and your glory as you promised your people, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your manifested glory. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We love you. We honor you. And all God's people said, Amen, 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 Amen. amen. You may be seated. In the days ahead, as I said this a week ago or a couple weeks ago, every service will be different in the days ahead. And you're going to see an increase of God's glory, God's presence. You know, I I can remember growing up in church and going to church and going through the motions. And I want His presence, His manifested presence. Because that's what changes us, perfects us, matures us. So we need His glory. And then when we leave the building, we go out during the course of a week and that glory touches lives. Amen. Amen. So in the days ahead, you're going to see us worship God and and we worship in spirit and in truth. We worship and I praise and I sing in tongues every day. Say, well, I can't sing. Yes, you can. And so we're going to be doing more and more of that And because when God's presence comes, there's a tremendous liberty and freedom. And, and you know, where the Spirit of the Lord, there's liberty. And so some of this is new to you, but I'll tell you what, if you want the real thing, you're in the right place. Because we're pursuing Jesus, our King. Amen? Amen. Thank you.
here, let me give you a couple quick announcements. This Tuesday, there will not be a Patriots United meeting. But Wednesday here, we will have prayer at 7. Next Sunday is our fellowship dinner. Bring a main dish and or a side and dessert. We will supply the paper plates, coffee, water, etc. Just come to have a good time. Fellowship. On Sunday, February 20th at 2 p.m., the Patriots United is hosting a showing of mind polluters here. It's graphic. Your kids can't attend. They won't show it to anyone under 19, but you need to be awake and understand what's going on in this nation. I would encourage all parents and grandparents to attend if at all possible. Um, I also saw up on our announcement board, it said on March 27th, there would be children's ministry training. That's a little off. The training is on Saturday, the 26th. And Sunday, that John Tash will be ministering to the body. So that's that. just a little clarification on that. This has been a victory week. Amen. Victory in Canada. Victory in Lincoln. You wonder why we're starting to get involved more and more. And you might say, well, you know, we should just be about souls. Absolutely, we should just be about souls. And if you follow, I would just recommend follow Mario Morello's ministry. Mario is an evangelist and he's about souls. But he understands the fact if we lose our liberty and freedom in this nation, we lose our opportunity to reach the magnitude of souls that we can. Maybe we can reach the two or three, but we've got to think beyond us four and no more. We've got to think about the nation and how our nation affects affects the nations. So it's very important. And if anybody should understand that, it should be Nebraskans. Because you don't just go out in the fall and get a harvest. In the spring and summer, you have to tend and till the soil. And we're right now, that's what season we're in. We're tending and tilling and getting, preparing the foundation for what God wants to do. So right now, they're going to show you a clip. And then we'll go from there. That would be canon. That's not what we're looking for here. I have the same problem. I click on one thing and it shows me something else and it makes me mad. But here we go.
constitutional scholars think the nation has entered an age of post-constitutional soft tyranny. Grassroots campaign is aiming to take on the federal government. They're hoping that a little-known fact about the U.S. Constitution can help their cause. One Nebraska senator has introduced legislation calling for what is called an Article 5 convention. Senator Steve Halloran wants to issue a resolution adding Nebraska's name to a list of states trying to organize a convention of the states to propose constitutional amendments. Authority for this is found in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. Article 5 is one of the tools that we have in our toolbox as citizens and as states to help control and limit the power of the federal government. I think it's abundantly clear that Congress is broken. We believe that government is most effective when it's closest to the people. Nebraskans can affect change in our nation's government, and one group is showing you how. We believe that Congress is not going to change itself. We think we as citizens working through our legislators can make the changes we need. That I walked into the Norfolk Public Library, and there were 350 people in the room that cared about this. The people of Nebraska want solutions to the problems they see. And we need you, our leaders, to stand up and help us. Legislators, we can send a message to the federal government that we've had enough. We're tired of their games. The only way to recover some of the powers taken over by the federal government is for the states to hold an Article 5 Convention of the States. The last best hope we have to save our republic Consider amendments which would, one, impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, two, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and three, limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. Amendments that can restore the intended balance of power between the states and the federal government. Calling for an Article 5 Convention of States is allowing the people in those states to have a voice on proposing amendments to the Constitution. To empower citizens and promote self-governance, a Convention of States bids all states to come together and as a strong strong show of unity across all party lines, something our nation desperately needs this very moment. You have the chance to be a part of our country's story that will be told to future generations. This will be the biggest thing that's happened in the last century. This is the way that government should work at the state and local levels, where the citizens can access their legislators. I am part of the Nebraska voters who support the Convention of States. I support the Convention of States initiative. I'm here on um, behalf of my great-grandchildren. I left work, um, drove an hour and a half to get here because it's that important to me. This is all about grassroots. This is all about we the people. We're ready to do the tough things needed. You're going to have to get up and show up, speak up, and do some work. This was important for a number of reasons. Number one, just because of what it represented, the Convention of States. But I also believe it was important because it helped us to learn that we can win. Too long the church has been, and the body of Christ has been weak, passive, pretty much pathetic. And it's time that we be strong and courageous. There's a scripture that says, do what your hand can find to do. And I think we're in that season right now. We have to do what we can find to do. And if you think, you know, and we appreciate all the work that all these people have done, but I'm telling you that one day at the Norfolk Library, all you did was show up. 
And that changed, that turned the tide right there. Just showing up turned the tide. And, and we've got to understand this was in my, this is my opinion. Just my opinion, not thus saith the Lord. This was our Normandy. We have to go back and we have to liberate France and Belgium and Holland and we have to go to Bastogne and we have to win the Battle of the Bulge. This was just the start. We can't rest on our laurels. We have to, but we have to be wise. And the thing I learned, we went down there a couple times and there's some legislators we're in serious disagreement with, but overall, man, there's some good ones down there. And God gives us hope and gives us a chance and he gives us an opportunity and we can't miss our opportunity. So I thank you for all you've done, but we got to stay in the fight. Now, I got to switch gears. That's my halftime speech. Got to switch gears. Um, I want to read from you in 1 Timothy. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings in 1 Timothy Last week, he started talking about how we have to understand biblical concepts of finances. And in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have astrayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows. That is true. It is in the word of God. But it is misinterpreted many times, and they will say, that money is the root of all evil. It is not money or the possession of it that is the root of all evil. It's the love of it. It's when it becomes an idol in your God. Money is nothing more than a tool. It's nothing more than a hammer when you need to pound and, and a saw when you need to cut something. It is a tool for us to use, and we're supposed to have dominion over it. Last week, we raised $2,000 to send to the... Church in Tilden, and I thank you for that. That's what money is for, to help each other, to get the gospel out, and to provide, make sure that needs of people are met. So as we see this morning's tithes and offerings, we just thank you. Continue to stay in the fight financially and in the government scene, and number one, keep Jesus in the midst of your heart. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Oh, oh, oh. 
like Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Father, this morning we thank you. You're such a good God. Gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy, and you're good to all, and your tender mercies are over all your works. We're your works, Father. So we thank you for your tender mercies today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, you sent the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, our comforter, our guide, our advocate, our helper, our intercessor. So we rely on your Holy Spirit to enlighten the spiritual eyes of our understanding. Open our hearts, let our hearts be softened today. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. We've been on a series for a few weeks entitled, Behold Your City, and I'm, I'm going to give you the, the end, is that all right? We've been through a lot of this, and, and, uh, but I want to concentrate on the three tribes of the Eastern Gate. We're on the eastern side of Norfolk, Nebraska. And so there's some spiritual parallels there that we need to look at. And uh, let me um, give you a, just a few things here to, before we get into that. Um, there's a scripture in Luke 19, and this is where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. It says, and when he was come near, he beheld the city. You can just picture him on that donkey above Jerusalem looking down on the city. It says, he beheld the city. The Amplified says this, You did not come progressively to recognize and know and understand from observation and experience the time of your visitation. That is when God was visiting you. The time when God showed himself gracious toward you and offered you salvation through Christ. So we are in the time of his visitation. And we're going to see that more and more in the weeks ahead in our services, in the church. And you're going to see breakthroughs in the city, in the, in the state, and in the nation more and more. I believe that. But we can't sit idly by. We need to... We need to Get involved, and one of the things that she said we're showing that that film, and and what we'll do is we'll probably we're opening this up to the community, by the way. And so all of you are going to be sitting over there or upstairs, so we can have our guests in here. Is that okay? So just keep that and file that in the back of your memory. Don't get offended because you can't sit in the sanctuary. Amen. We're all under one roof, but we need we need to get involved, and and we need to behold our city. We need to really see through spiritual eyes what's going on in our city, what's going on in our state. Sitting up there in the, in the gallery up above in the Capitol, you know, uh, one of the individuals that was down on the floor, I don't know what senator, but he, it was a good speech. And so we did this. And pretty soon this young lady comes up and says, if you don't be quiet, they're going to kick you out of here. So I wanted to go, <laughs> but I didn't. But I sat there, and when you go and you experience that, and, and we saw, and Kathy said it right, there are a lot of good leaders down there. There's some good senators. And there, there are some that just give me the Clint Eastwood twitch. 
I mean, in, I mean both, both eyes were twitching. And um, one of them was Hunt from Omaha. If you don't know who she is, get online and you'll find out who that woman is. That's why the church needs to pray. But we have the victory through Jesus Christ. We said Harvest Church is the east gatekeeper. We said the purpose of the gate in the natural, it, there's also spiritual characteristics. There, the gates represent symbols of security and strength, authority and power. They offer protection. A lot of business was transacted at the gates and justice administered. We said the tribe of Levi had the responsibility to be the gatekeepers of the temple and they were to direct the flow of traffic into the temple and keep out, you know, the bad elements. They were there to guard the treasures and the Ark of the Covenant and they stood every morning and evening to thank and praise the Lord. I like that. The basic direction we said for the Hebrews was the east. Everyone say the east. It was the direction of the rising sun. In determining direction, the Hebrews faced the point where they knew the sun rose each day. The east was the front, sometimes called the place of dawning. All other directions received their designations relative to the east as the front. Remember I told you a week ago, Pastor Mike Plain was here in 2010. And uh, I forgot this part, and I don't know how I forgot this part, but... He, he, I read you part of the prophecy where he said by the Spirit of God that, that Norfolk and, and this church was the eastern gatekeeper, the spiritual eastern gatekeeper of the city. But then I happened to call him the first of the week and talk to him, and, and may, he's going to be here in June. And he said, you knew, knew what happened at the hotel? And I said, no, and this is before his wife Renee had, had died. And she was sitting in a chair, and he was laying on the bed, and he, he heard a, an explosion, a boom. And he jumped out of bed, and he said, Renee, did you hear that? And she said, hear what? And uh, so he knew that he'd heard, what he'd heard was in, in the spirit. And then he began to tell me what he'd saw, and I don't know if I, rem I forgot this, or, or he failed to tell me this, but he said, when he came here that morning... He saw an angel with two swords. And the angel said, I've come to rend the heavens over Norfolk and to set this church as the eastern gate keeper and to release God's power over the city and region. And I, I, I sat up and took notice. I, I guess I'd failed to remember that. And, and, uh, and I told him, I, I don't see angels. I don't see anything. I'm a, you know, I, everybody's different. If you, if that's all you're listening to on YouTube is these people that have visions and see things, you could get weird. There's a balance in everything, folks. If you go looking for an angel, the devil will accommodate you. Because he can disguise himself as an angel. But I'll tell you, the best way God leads his people is by the inward witness. If you don't have that book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, that's how God's his people, he, he leads God's people that way, by the Spirit down here, discerning. But, but Pastor Mike saw that, and I thought that was interesting. So that solidifies what we've been ministering on, how important the eastern spiritual gate is to the city. There's no other church showing that film. There's no other church promoting convention of states. 
There's no other church where most of the chairs are filled, was filled one, one time for the, the school board meeting with our people. And, we've, and by the way, we're going to be having to do more and more of that. We're going to have to figure out when the school board meetings are and be there. Because it makes a statement. You don't have to say anything. Just being there, your presence being there. So I want you to see, you come to this church and you want to know what kind of church you're in. If you're listening, you're going to find out what kind of church this is. Someone said a while back, this church is full of strong personalities. That's in a, that's, that is a compliment. Because I am one. She's not. He definitely isn't. No, we are. We're very strong personalities. We have an opinion. And that's why a lot of people don't like to come to this church. Because we're going to preach and teach the truth. We might say some things that offend you. But I'll tell you what. I'd rather be in a church that knows how to fight a battle spiritually. Than just fit and sit in a stinking pew every week. And you can sing all you want about bringing in the sheaves, but there ain't going to be any sheaves brought in. Unless you're a spiritual warrior in these last days. This is a church that is on the front lines. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. In the days ahead, we need the wisdom of God. Because there's a way to do it. If it was my up to my me, I would have stood up in that balcony and said, Mrs. Miss Hunt. You're whacked. You're a wacko. You're a nut. You're crazy. And they would have thrown me in jail. You can't do that. You can think it, but you can't say it. I'll tell you what, we're blessed to have Mike Flood. That man can communicate something, and he can bring a little correction, and you, you listen to that, because he got up, and he kind of, made a statement. He said, basically, these are my constituents and you're making fun of them. And she was. She was basically mocking us because we wouldn't wear masks or take the jab. <laughs> so the days ahead are going to be glorious, but I'm going to tell you there's, there's battles ahead. And so you need to be prepared for that. Amen? Now... We said that just like the tribes, and I'm not going to put that up here, the three eastern tribes were Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. And we're going to give you some characteristics of each one. Every one of those 12 tribes were positioned at a certain place. Everyone in the body of Christ has a position or a place to fill. And it's real important that you find out what your function is in the body in the days ahead. If you've been in the body of Christ for 10 years and you still don't know what you're called to do, shame on you. Oh, now it's getting real quiet. You need to know what you're called to do. I don't care if you think it's an you know, insignificant thing. It's real important that we have people that know how to work with children. It's really important that we know how to have greeters that are anointed of God at the front door. It's really important we have security in these last days. And, and ushers that are led by the Spirit of God. And it's even more vital that we have a worship team that knows how to bring in the anointing of God. So we all have a place to function. Amen.
And if you don't know, ask him. He'll tell you. Accept where God has placed you in his body. Believe that you're right where he wants you to be. And so in the days ahead, the weeks ahead, and the months ahead, I'm, I'm going to do and do the best that I can to do what the Spirit of God told me at the end of last year in marshalling the forces. It was a rhema word. I didn't have a burning bush. It was on the inside. Marshal the forces. That's kind of military sounding, isn't it? Get everybody where they need to function. Get everybody in divine order. Your finances need to be in divine order. Why? So you can help us help, us help churches like that and send a check for $2,000. I told you a while back how important it is this year you need to be generous. You need to be generous. We were at the downtown eating and we were sitting at the bar. We weren't drinking. We were eating. They were so busy. It was at District Tap and, and we got done and we had a gift card. Somebody had given us a gift card and we used that. And, and I put a tip down and my wife looked at me. How much is that? We were kind of getting, getting into, we were with another couple and getting into a little tiff. I says, it's all right. She was good. She deserves it. And she, she, she's generous too. But if you can't tip at a restaurant and you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer, shame on you. If you're going to put a buck down, shame on you. Learn how to be generous this year. This is just extra. Learn how to be generous, especially to the lost, especially to the unbeliever. Be generous. Amen? Amen. It's important. Now, I'll give you the three tribes. This won't take long. I'm going to read the history of each tribe. So I'm not basically going to stop and make different points. Just listen to... I put a concise just little thing here about each tribe and the the significance of each tribe. The first one is Judah. What's Judah mean? Praise. Judah was the fourth son of Jacob by Leah. Jacob prophesied in Genesis 49 over Judah that he would have the highest blessing and would triumph over all his enemies. He would possess royal authority. Everyone say royal authority. And would bring forth the Messiah along with King David and King Solomon from that line. The tribe of Judah led Israel through the wilderness and led the conquest of Canaan. The lion was the symbol of Judah. Okay? Ishakar means man of reward or hired man. The ninth son of Jacob was Ishakar. After the birth of her fourth son Judah, Jacob's wife Leah seemed to be barren. I, I go through three this, you know, and how the tri- 12 tribes came. And Jacob, my God, that guy was busy with all these women. I don't know. Jacob's wife Leah seemed to be barren. Then her oldest son Reuben found some mandrake roots, which were widely used as a remedy for infertility. Rachel, Jacob's second and beloved wife, quarreled over the roots, but agreed that Leah should be the first of the two to try the herb. That night, as a result, Ishakar was conceived. Leah took his birth to indicate, now listen, divine favor from God. Say divine favor from God. 
Thus, one interpretation of his name, name meant man of reward. Ishakar was, now, this is what the characteristic is, the main one of Ishakar, was politically insightful and had understanding of the times and seasons of God to know what to do. See, the church in this hour should know what to do. Then there's the third tribe, Zebulun. It means honor, it means to exalt or dwell. This tribe played an important role in Israel's history during the period of Judges. Its fighting men were an important part of Barak's force against Sisera. And, and of Gideon's army, remember Gideon? And of Gideon's army against the Midianites, the Zebulonites fought so well that they were the only ones praised twice in the Song of Deborah. Isaiah prophesied that Zebulun would be greatly blessed. The land, and I'm quoting, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death upon them, a light has shined according to the gospel of Matthew. This prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus began his Galilean ministry. Nazareth, Jesus' Jesus's hometown, and Cana, where he performed his first miracle, both lay in the territory of Zebulun. This tribe was also known for its business acumen and helped finance the tribe of Ishakar. So Zebulun and Ishakar were two tribes that were very close, and Zebulun must have been very good at making money, and they shared it with the tribe of Ishakar. Now, let me just give you, in a nutshell, I, I was really interested in this eastern thing, eastern side of the, of, uh, the gate, and then the three tribes, because I could see some characteristics in each tribe that we could apply to Harvest Church. And this could be applied to every church, so don't get me wrong there. But I want you to see the things that really we need to concentrate on as a church this year. Harvest Church is called to be the Eastern Spiritual Gatekeeper. I believe that with all my heart of Norfolk and Northeast Nebraska. The characteristics of these three tribes apply to us today. Now, let me give you some of these. Number one, leadership. Leadership. Everyone is called to be a leader. There are levels of leadership, just like the military. But every one of us has a leadership gift, and we need to develop that. And I'm going to say something, and I believe this with all my heart, that uh, unless we raise up another, a new level of leadership here, we will not grow anymore. I'm being quiet, but it's the truth. We have a, we have, I've had people around us, Kathy and I are so blessed to have the people around us, and you're, you're blessed that you have them, because they have stuck and stayed and, and uh, led the way, but Pastor Brad can't do it all the time. Amen. Abe can't, I've told Abe, he mu- you know what I told him the other day, he must decrease and those women must increase. He, he understands, he gets it. And then he said, well, I just really am stirred. I want to help mentor. And, and I said, yeah, that's what a leader does. But unless we raise up another level of leadership, 
And, you know, I told Timothy Scott, I've got I've been thinking about you and we'll be getting together soon because we're going to have a harvest. Because in the days, the weeks and months ahead, I'm going to devote to the subject of harvest. We're going to talk about harvest. And everyone's got to get involved. Everyone's got to get involved. We're going to be trying to raise up and doing the best that we can to raise up new leaders. There's some people in here that have leadership gifts and they're so qualified. The, the, but the main thing as a leader, what you need to do, you need to get involved and you need to be consistent in your attendance to church. <laughs> it's the truth. You, you can't catch the vision by being sporadic in, in, in attending church. Now, I get it. If you've got a job, I, have, I understand that. There's a grace there. But you've got to be involved. You've got to be involved. The next one's praise. Everyone say praise. This morning, we were entering in, and, and I was so blessed. Um, Paige, she's just like a, she just, a little, it, it comes, and then pretty soon, Mwah! and I want the, Mwah! Because that brings the anointing. But you know, musicians have to be humble. You have to have a humble heart if you want God to use you. And we have that humility. It's, it's there. But we're going to start having services. I bet all we'll do is worship on a Sunday morning. So you have to be prepared for that. But praise is so important. I told Abe, I said, I want a new song every, every, every not every week. <laughs> One a month, and I said, you can go back, and he did today. He sang some old ones that we sang years ago, anointed of God. We're in new territory, new wine. Amen. Here's another one, discernment of the times. Boy, that's the tribe of Ishakar. that's right. We have to discern in what God is doing. We've got to get involved with this school board thing. I don't, you know, maybe somebody here will want to run someday for school board. That's fine, but we've got to pray. And we've got to voice our opinion. We've got to get involved. Say, well, I, don't, I can't. I don't want to get up and talk. You don't have to. Just show up and sit. Let them know you're there. But we have to discern what is God doing in our city? Amen? This film we're showing is part of it. This film that we're showing where the community is going to be invited, we're doing what we're supposed to do. The next one is spiritual warriors. These tribes knew how to fight, and you and I better know how to fight spiritually. And the main way we do that is through intercession, through prayer. And it's a humble job. Nobody ever sees you. You're not out front, you know, up on the stage. You're behind the scenes praying. When we had the Billy Graham crusade, this church was behind the scenes in a room. Where I don't remember, we were at the college, I think. In the room, they stuck us back there. I think they knew we prayed in tongues. God bless the evangelicals, you know, they know Jesus, and that's the main thing. But they knew we spoke in tongues, and we prayed in the Spirit through the whole meeting. It takes that today. It's important. We're called to be a lighthouse. 
And if we will do what God calls us to do, he'll surround us with divine favor and he will reward us. God pours out favor upon his people to influence a community. God pours out his favor upon his people to influence a community. Harvest Church in this new season must pray and discern the particular needs of the city and region. We must be committed to serve and share Jesus Christ. We need to find our place in the body and function in our God-given gifts. Amen. So if you want to know what kind of church, people ask you what kind of church is it. It's a church that prays. It's a church that worships. Amen. It's a lighthouse in a dark place. It carries an authority. There is an authority that rests upon this ministry, upon this body of believers. And do you use authority to bless yourself? No. You use authority to set the captives free. And that's what we're called to do. Let's stand up today. I'm so glad that we're in the presence of God this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed. I'm not going to take a long time, but I don't want to. You know, we're going to be doing more and more, and I'm going to ask Pastor Brad in the days ahead to help me and, and maybe other people, too, to exhort people to salvation. So every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, I want you to know God loves you. God has a place in his body for you. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for you, to shed his life's blood for you. All you have to do is invite Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. For by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. God desires that all men, all people, come to the knowledge of salvation. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Mike, I've never received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to be born again. I want to know Jesus so I can worship Him. I want to find my place in the body so I can function in the gifts that He's given me. I want you to know God loves you today. So if you're here today, and I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to ask you to come up, but I'm going to ask you to be bold and say, Pastor Mike, I want to make Jesus Christ my personal Lord and Savior today. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to take a long time. Okay, everybody look up at me. Did you get something today? Did you hear something today? Catch what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. Is there anyone here today and... I know I hear people coughing. It's just that time. Amen. Weird time. If you need prayer for your physical body, the Bible says we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen. The rest of you, if you're all healthy, then what you need to do is get your faith for these people today. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Worship you. Is there anyone today with your neck? Necks. Any pain in the necks? Who's the neck people today? Are you the neck? You're not a pain in the neck. But you're the neck. Okay, because earlier today the anointing was on my neck. Necks. Okay. 
So the rest of you, um, would you extend your hands? The Bible says we can pray and lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So we're going to do just that because healing is in, the, is in the name of Jesus. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And there is an anointing here today for just that. Amen. So, Father, today we thank you. I thank you, Lord God, as we preach and minister your word. You said signs and wonders would accompany the preaching and teaching of your word. Your Bible says, Lord God, that we as elders, Lord God, can pray, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, Lord God, we release. Holy Spirit, we thank you for helping us release the anointing, that that healing anointing today for, for these people in Jesus' name. All you do is just receive it because healing is the children's bread. We loose that healing anointing, Father. That drives out all infirmity in the name of Jesus. Infirmity is bound over the Hoskinson family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We loose healing anointing, Father, today. Thank you, Father. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank, be careful touching ladies' hairs here. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose that healing anointing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we loose that that healing anointing today. In the name, in the name above every name, the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We loose that healing anointing today. In the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. All stiffness go. Pain go. In Jesus, Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Healing we loose today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Father, I thank you that all infirmity is bound over this body of believers. Viruses, colds, COVID, whatever it is. It's a curse of the law and we've been redeemed from the curse of sickness, disease, viruses, colds, flus in Jesus' name. Lord, we loose the healing anointing because it's our covenant to right, right to walk in divine health. So we thank you, Lord God. We're prospering. We're in health and our souls are prospering this day and every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't forget next week is our covered dish dinner. So... Bring the food.